every year there's something that's hot, right? Every year, FOMO, there's, baby. There's, there's FOMO. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Black Line Podcast 2020, Episode 1, Season 3. Mike, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This is actually the first time I've talked to you this year. I mean, it, you it said is. you were going to call, but... You know, uh, I, I know. It's like everybody a, else, they say they're going to call, but weeks. they never do. Yeah. They say they're going to call, but they never do. It's like a prospect. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So, uh, did you have a good New Year? Uh, it was great. It was, uh, took a little bit of time off. Uh, got to actually well, chill out a little bit. Unplug. Well, I wouldn't say unplugged, but caught up on some projects that, you know, always get pushed to the side until you until things quiet down. Un- unplugging for you means you only have two devices that are active at the time. Yeah, right. Correct. Close any new uh, enterprise accounts? Uh, no, but we've got a couple that are close. So those, those will be nice. Um, and it's, I couldn't tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm super happy HubSpot is finally coming out and saying that they're going to put a little bit more gas on the fire with their enterprise uh, offering. Means good, good stuff for us. I think that's like it. I know they announced it like that, but I found it interesting that like all the, like it's being positioned like, hey, as of Thursday, we're paying attention. Yeah, they, well, I mean, they rolled out. They rolled out marketing. I mean, marketing enterprise has been kicking ass for a year and a half. Yeah, so I but I think this was more or less their stake in the ground. Uh, you know more than I do about product launches, things like that. But it was interesting. I found a number of articles from agency partners where the gist of the article was we moved from Marketo to HubSpot Enterprise. These were all the things that we saw. So it, it, it's just, it, it seems to me to be clear that they're a little bit going after the jugular of, of Marketo um, in, in my opinion. Not that they weren't before, but it was, it, it was more quiet. They weren't, they weren't as verbose about it. You know, we might end up not talking about the topic that we plan to talk about. Um, but that's okay, right? That's what this that show's all about. What, yep, exactly. Sports radio for demand gen, baby. Um, so do, do you follow Jason Lemkin on, uh, on Twitter? I do, yep. Did you see on I, yes, Friday? Seen, obviously, and then he, it's gotten a lot of, yeah, he pulled in. And then on Friday, uh, he... He uh, he posted it again. Um, wow! So for those of you not like, let's just not tell the audience what we're talking about. Yeah. We could just have this inside. <laughs> it works. Um, especially this will st- that, that'll stand out really well for those who are listening to this episode two years from now. Um, so he he basically asked, "What's the um, what's the application that you have to use every day, uh, but you hate it, or it frustrates you, or you don't like it, or or, or something along those lines?" Um, a lot of WordPress. A lot of Marketo, a whole lot of Salesforce. Yep. Um, I thought that was fascinating. And then he pulled the article, and then Halligan obviously asked him, why did you, or why did you pull the tweet? What and I liked Lemkin's response, which was, hey, it's hard enough to build this stuff. Like, I, I, don't, I don't need to add fuel to this fire of, of, of creating – I. I think what he was saying, but. I think what he was saying was that in his original tweet, he talked, he, he named, and, and, and for him, I'm not going to name the company because he took it off. 
but he named a company. Like it was like, I have to use this every day and I hate it. Um, what, what application do you hate? So, so I think it was that he felt he was being negative because he put it back up and uh, it's got even, we're, we're actually writing a blog post right now on, on um, the title of the blog post is Sisyphus versus the flywheel. Five tips to eliminate friction. That's pretty. That's a pretty good title, don't you think? Yeah, mm-hmm. you're looking forward to reading it already, aren't you? Yep, can't um, wait. We're we're actually going to take that tweet and we're going to talk about it as a follow up. Um, so about that, I've already started the follow up to the blog post that I've just started. Because um, when you look at <laughs> well, that, that's good to think about it that way. When 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 you look at all of that, it's it's really it really comes down to to I mean they're just they're high friction applications. Um, here's the thing that I find interesting. Um, cause you know, you may not know this, but I'm a big fan of HubSpot. I, I probably no, I, 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 I no keep clue. that, I keep that pretty quiet for my, most people don't, don't, don't realize that. Um, but you know, I, I look at what they're doing. Um, I love, I love the, uh, the announcement of, um, you deserve a marketing automation platform that doesn't suck. Marketers deserve yep. technology that doesn't suck. Um, I like that. I, I like it because AI use that type of positioning. So it makes me feel like, Hey, maybe I'm onto something. Um, but it also, if they follow through with it, I think it opens up a, a, a whole lot of space. The thing that worries me is I look at what HubSpot is doing. So I think what HubSpot is doing on the marketing side, I mean, their, their marketing hub is, 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 is just kicking it. The sales hub is, is on fire. Um, service hubs even becoming something, um, and, and actually, I think part of the problem with Service Hub is how it got positioned, right? I mean, if you look at it through the lens of help desk software, it still has a long way to go. But if you look at it through the lens of account management, it's actually pretty good. It's actually really good. Yeah, I haven't, um, I haven't uh, interacted with it. Um, yeah, and, at, and at so, so I look at um, what they're doing with... Um, with, well, with hold on. You, le- you, you left out one piece of what they're doing, but maybe you just don't have as much insight into it as, as we do. But oh, I, have I would insight. say... I have insight well, into insight. Into everything, yes. Um, I think they're, they are absolutely on fire with their platform mission as well. Um, I, I couldn't be happier with the progress that they're making uh, just kind of across the board. Well, you know, the first three letters I say when I get up in the morning is API. Yeah. The last three letters I say before I go to bed is API. So API. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. All the, all, all my fellow Jewish tribesmen will understand what I'm trying to do. All righty. We are, we are already off to, to, to fast. So yeah. So I, I mean, I, it's funny. I was telling somebody else the other day, actually my biggest fear about HubSpot right now is they are really putting themselves in a position where like, there's just no one that's competing with them in this space that they're in. Um, and, and I, and I share that as a, the reason I say that scares me is I think QuickBooks got there too. And my answer to Jason Lemkin's question was QuickBooks. I hate QuickBooks. I have to use it. I haven't found anything that, that, um, that enables me to do what I want to do, but you want to talk about a company that used to be focused on the customer. I mean, the commercial still, you know, their whole Danny DeVito, you work too hard. Why do you, you know, their, their help, their structure, you know, they're, they're, they're proud that they do everything, but I, I literally have been past 
from one division, from one helpline to the other helpline because that helpline doesn't help them. So it's this helpline that I have to go to. And they say, oh, no, no, we don't do that. The other, and I'm like, no, they just said you do. And back and forth and back and forth. And um, uh, it, it, they're, they're just miserable. Because, and, and, you know, they're miserable because nobody, nobody has any choice in, in that. Um, so for all you SaaS people out there, create a, um, a nice competitive offering to, to QuickBooks and you might have a, um, you know, a new customer here. So, so anyways, back, back to HubSpot, I, I, think that, I think they're absolutely on fire. Here's what worries me about them, though. Um, I think they're positioning the product wrong. I, I think, I like, on sales, I think on sales, they're, like, they're positioning HubSpot sales like it's an alternative to Salesforce. And, and here's the thing. Salesforce is better at being Salesforce than HubSpot is at being Salesforce, right? Um, you know, Salesforce is the company that you use. Well, first off, you can do, let, let's give Salesforce credit. That, that architecture is rock solid. We've talked about that in the past. Um, you can build anything on it. You, you've talked about, you, you mentioned that HubSpot's on fire with what they're doing with the platform ecosystem. Um, but, but Salesforce is already there, right? Yeah, right. Um, well, but, to, 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 well to, a, to a certain degree. I, I would say on the, on the CRM side, yes. On their marketing platform, I would say no. Salesforce Marketing Cloud. So, you know, there's, okay. I think, clear well, the delineation. Who, who cares, the who cares yeah. about Salesforce Marketing Cloud? I, I'm just telling. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, my, Salesforce is the company that if you use, if you're an enterprise company, or actually I've, I've dubbed a new term called light enterprise. Um, which is really where, where I think, like, I don't think HubSpot's, I don't think HubSpot's aiming at the, you know, I don't think aiming at the Fortune 500 of the global, right. you know, right. So, yeah. so um, I, if you buy Salesforce, it might not be the right one, but you don't get fired. You don't get in trouble because you, because you went with Salesforce, right? Yeah. And, and the other thing too is, you know, what, where, where is Salesforce really good? Who, who, who does Salesforce, who loves Salesforce? Um, executives love Salesforce, right? VPs like to love Salesforce. Finance love Salesforce. Uh, boards love Salesforce, right? Uh, the, the reporting platform, great. It's got a great reporting platform. Plus, I forget who they bought last year, so it's going to be even better. Um, Tableau. Tableau, right. Um, and, and so, you know, that, that high end, they love it. IT loves Salesforce, right? Um, I, I was talking with Jess the other day and I said, you know, the thing that's in, here's the thing that's interesting. If, if you're a thousand person company, you have a hundred sales reps and you're, you've got a dumb implementation. And, and by that, I mean, you, you know, you're, you're implementing a legacy sales process. You don't, you, you haven't really thought through it. It's just, you know, kind of, um, you know, you need the tools, et cetera. Salesforce is better at being at, at a dumb implementation than, than HubSpot is. HubSpot is better because it's, it, it, it's a sales acceleration tool more, more than it's a CRM. Um, plus, what I also think is interesting about HubSpot is, and, and, it, and it's funny because at first I didn't love the positioning of the free CRM, every user is free, but I actually, I quickly did fall in love with it. Um, and, and it's the sales acceleration that's a fee. It's the service acceleration that's a fee. And it's, it's, it's the power yep. tools. Um, and, and it, you know, and it's the ease of use, et cetera. And, 
you're not like if you go from Salesforce to HubSpot and you do the same thing you're doing on Salesforce on HubSpot. I I think. I mean, you might not be less happy, but I don't think you're going to be happy. It's not going to be any different. And, and, and in some ways, like it's easier to get Salesforce to show me what I want to see than, than it is to get HubSpot. But HubSpot's so much lighter. It's so much more agile. It's so much easier to, to implement, um, you know, real design. It's about if you're going to do it different. And, you know, if you go back to when... No, that's an interesting. Yeah, that 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 is a very interesting perspective. Where you're right. If you if you're not going to do something different um, or change your process, then well, and think, you, think you're not going to be any happier switching. Think think about this. I remember when I first started working with HubSpot. Um, this goes back to 2011. They were just really getting on their growth curve. Uh, they were really getting traction, and you know they bought Performable started to improve the product. And I remember I used to laugh because they would never use the term marketing automation. They would never use it. And, and when I would use it, I would like virtually be reprimanded for using the term. And they would say, we're not a marketing automation program. We're not a marketing, marketing automation platform or we're not a marketing automation product. We're an inbound product. And I would say, well, what the hell's an inbound product? <laughs> Right. And then they would say this and I'd go, yeah, you're automating marketing. Right. And, and the reason was that marketing automation really meant email automation. Right. And so they didn't want to be called marketing automation. Well, partially because they actually at the time when they started, they didn't really have email automation. Um, but also you automate emails. Now, now, if you look at their, their arc, they didn't start using the term marketing automation until after the Marketos, the Pardots, the others, they started using inbound language. They started talking about landing pages. They started talking about content. They only used marketing automation when the legacy vendors were using their language. They won, right? They realized that yeah. you're not going to beat Marketo trying to be Marketo. You're not going to beat Pardot trying to be Pardot. They, they, they talked about out, you don't have to outspend your competition. You can outsmart your competition. Now, I realized that was a very powerful, don't outspend outsmart. It was a very powerful positioning when you're going to small business. And now as you're heading to enterprise, you don't have that same, you know, they have the funds to spend. That's, that's not what motivates them. But it's still like, to me, it's still about outsmart, right? If, and, and so they're, some of what I see them doing is, is it's connecting into, we're going to, you know, now because we have a product, like when the product was, was not quite up to snuff in, in certain areas, they, it forced them to be creative for how to approach those markets. Right. And how to message them. Yep. Right. And, and so now the product, like, I, I don't know, I, I, I was in Marketo last month again, for some reason. And I remember thinking, why does anybody use this? Like, <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, I, I no, just, co no comment. I mean, I mean, it's 2020 now. It was it, like, okay, it doesn't need to be super great, but it, it, I, I, I felt like I was in a DOS application that got thrown onto a website. Um, and yep, you know, but there are people who use them. There are people who love them. I mean, it does certain things well. 
in, including keeping Marketo administrators employed. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? <clears throat> um, but there, you know, so, so now that the product has the, the legs, I still think that, like, I think it, it's almost, it, it, it's like, it's easier to deal direct, right? It, so it's easier to compete with Salesforce. You know, Salesforce has defined the market. I mean, if you look at their, if you look at their blogs, I mean, I used to love, I mean, I uh, see, I love HubSpot. I'm going to talk about all the things I don't like now. Um, I mean, I love their blogs. Their blogs used to be just tremendously valuable. Their, their blogs are all SEO all the time now. It's like, you know, how do we optimize for some old term or old way because lots of people are looking for it and, and you go on to it. I think you're exposed to like six different calls to action. You got three different pop-ups. Um, and, and at the same time, they're talking about experience disruption. Um, and I'm like, wait, why aren't they following that? And, and, and the reason I share this is not to pick on HubSpot by any means. The, the, the reason I share this is because I think this is where, you know, you're a mid-market company. You're, you are most likely, at least everyone that I work with, they're, they're not the large player in their market. They, they are, they, they typically represent a new, better way to do something. Yeah. And, and you're not going to beat the existing player with a new, better way to do something by, by just trying to become a features comparison. What, what, what you've got to do is get, you, you've got to make the case for, for why is, you know, what's wrong with your business process, right? And like this used to be the formula for selling tech. You used to sell tech by not selling the tech, right? You used to teach what's wrong with your business process. Someone went, oh my God, that's, oh yeah, that makes all the sense. Yeah, but problem. how do I do that? Right. Yep. Right. But how do I do that? Oh, I mean, that, that's how HubSpot sold. Oh, I, I should block. Oh, right. And, and now we're, we're, we're in this. Um, and, and so, I mean, if, if you're an enterprise company and you're going to do a million API calls and see which one's stabler, uh, Salesforce is going to win. Yeah. Right. And like they're gonna, custom objects. Custom objects is, I just saw a tweet today, you know, stay tuned. Custom objects is coming. And look, I, I get it. Custom objects can be valuable, but you know what I think custom objects does? I think custom objects enables companies and especially tech people to become lazy. Check, well, it's also a checkbox in the, in the competitive realm. Well, I understand, but yeah. so that we can be lazy. If this box isn't checked, we might actually have to think, right? So, so, like you present a problem, you present an issue, right? How are we going to keep track of that? And someone in tech goes, oh, we'll create a custom object for it. Why are we creating a custom object for it? Right? Like what's the business process? Because here's the funny thing. We haven't, yeah, we haven't thought through it, right. We're, yeah. we're, we're involved in a, in a big migration from Salesforce to HubSpot. They've got, I, I, they, they've got all kinds of custom objects that they're being used. I'm like, not, not a single thing that you're doing needs a custom object. Every single thing that you've talked to me about can be done with HubSpot, not a single custom object. And not only can we do it, we're going to do it better, faster, and it's going to be easier for you people to use. Like, what? why did you use custom objects here? Well, because we could, because it was an yeah. easy, fast solution. And, and so you, 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 you fall into this feature set game 
And I'm like, you know, th- this, like, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, look, I respect HubSpot immensely. I know they know what they're doing. They got smart people that, that are there, but um, I don't get it. I don't get, I don't, like, again, going back, I love, I, I think the product's on fire, but, but they're solving a different problem. And, and then, and now they're trying to compete with that problem. Uh, you know, you, if Clayton Christensen has any legs, then that's not the way you do it. Right. Interesting. Yep. Right. I mean, you come, um, so, so that's actually a nice segue to, 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 to what our plan is. So, so, um, no, but you, you know, said you also said something that's interesting there, where you know, uh, where HubSpot's marketing also is in like you, you've got probably a lot of bloat happening with regards to like their blog. But you're right. I mean, you visit you visit a blog site, your blog page. You got three CTAs, three pop-ups. Boom, boom, boom. It's just all over the place, and it's an you area know, for them to 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 redesign and and rethink. You know, uh, you know, and, and and in fairness to them, it's a um, it's it's a great story in where theory and reality are not um, always the same thing. Um, you know, and, and what I mean by that is, you you develop a demand generation approach. Um, you you start off with a with a marketing piece, and now you start going wide, and now you start going wider. And I mean, for lack of a better word, you build kind of an addiction. Um, you, you, you build processes, you build systems and, and they, they consume things. Right. And so you, there's a, and, and, and you, it, it's actually really interesting. It's where best practices, I think, screw people up, especially small mid companies. Um, so, you know, HubSpot had to outsmart, their competition when they were a marketing automation platform that wouldn't let you call them a marketing automation platform. Um, they, they had to create a new word and, and they succeeded in not only creating inbound as a new word, they, they changed the definition of marketing automation because they made their competitors play their game. Then it became something and, and now people were looking for that product. People began to look for, like, like when they wanted a marketing automation product, they wanted it to have landing page capabilities. They wanted to have content capabilities. They wanted to know how was it going to fully integrate with WordPress. I, I think the Marketo player is not moving their site to Marketo. Um, though I feel bad for the people who listed Marketo and um, WordPress on Jason Lemkin's <laughs> tweet. But right, so, so now you had something that people were looking for and people want it. Um, you get, you know, it's, it's, it's Jeffrey Moore's Inside the Tornado, right? You cross the chasm. And then you got on the tornado and, and when you're on the tornado, man, it is just like, you just fulfill, 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 fulfill. Right. And you run that tornado up as fast as you can and you, and you deal with the disruption and you deal with the inevitable aspects of dissatisfaction because you have to move so fast. And now you begin to add and add and add. And, and now you're not this young company that no one's ever heard of that. No one's not sure of that. Now, even when you're uh, an enterprise company that maybe used to look at HubSpot and say, they're for small businesses, you know, even if there's yeah. some of that feeling there, they still don't, they don't kick you out of the door, right? They're like, Oh, HubSpot. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a tremendous amount of respect um, 
there's a tremendous amount of love for the country. So, so you, you kind of develop this formula. Um, and, and you, you, so, you know, there's a lot of love for HubSpot and you have begun to define the category. So people are now looking for what you provide. Right. And, and so you begin to be able to win that battle on, on features and, and to drive that level of growth. You, you need to do that, right? You're, you're, you're in the demand fulfillment space. You're in the demand capture space. That, 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 that's the game that you play. And so now you're, you're, you're coming across um, and you've built this system and you've built this sales team. That's like, that's the process. That's the way you go about doing it. Um, and you know your momentum is going to carry you into those markets. You're 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 gonna see success, um, and you know it's always easier to win low hanging fruit than than high high hanging fruit. But but then the difficulty becomes it really becomes a huge addiction if if you're not careful because the new market that you enter doesn't have the same level of maturity and and you're now competing a little bit more on your heels and and you know, it, it begins to play. Um, so like I, while, while on one hand I say, I don't understand why they're doing it. I, I mean, I, I, I kind of do. Um, but I can't help but think that they're, it, you know, if, if you're going to build a different, better mousetrap, then, then I think you should position it as a different, better mousetrap. And I think that they still are, you know, especially in the enterprise market, I think they are the upstart brand. And I think the scary thing is, for lack of a better word, that there's enough growth to get from momentum that because their, their share in that space is so small, they're going to grow at least for the next year or two just because they're paying attention to it. Yep. Right. And it's, a, it, but it is also interesting, like you say, b better mousetrap, like, yeah, they have ABM capability now, but what, what, why is that any better than, than what's already out there with, with Marketo? Well, I, I don't want to give away my review that I'm working on of the product, but what is, what does Marketo have for ABM? Uh, I've never worked in it, but they tout, AB, I mean, ABM is really what they tout. Right. And, and so like we, we should actually do, we're going to do an episode on account, on account based and account focus. So, and, and it'll come up in, in, in just a second, cause I'm going to take that to segue to um, one of our other favorite topics and, and a great thing to talk about here on our first episode of 2020, which is um, every year there's something that's hot, right? Every year FOMO, there's, baby. There's, there's FOMO. Um, and so you were saying coming into this, you were saying coming into this that you, that you felt like um, conversational was 2019's FOMO. Yeah. Maybe See, I thought, I thought conversational because... was, I thought, I thought conversational was, was much more 18. I didn't, I didn't think it was quite versus as. Yeah, that, that could be. Yeah. No, yeah. I think you're, I think that's right. I think 2019 saw the, the, the promise of conversational marketing not be as big of a promise as everybody had once uh, touted. So, so I think 2019's FOMO was AI. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to the point where, and I, it's funny because I had to put together my, um, my, my speaker application to try to speak at uh, Paul's um, 
marketing artificial intelligence conference again this year. Did you hear that, Paul? Anybody put in a good yeah, word for it, me Paul. to speak it? Um, and I and I was like, oh, like I, I think the first three titles I had to I had to put across. I'm like, no, I have to remember the people coming here. Um, believe in AI and and it's not that I don't believe in AI it's just that I I, I just think that you know I'm so tired I I I saw some company that we were at, I was doing lead research on them and I, you know I think they do I think they like they've raised no money and they do fifty thousand dollars of revenue and they've got you know using our proprietary AI process um, it was just. I told you in 2018 that this, the whole AI space was overhyped and it was not going to move as fast as everybody anticipated, for so many reasons. Yeah, no, I agree, but I think 2019 is when it became like like normal people started talking about it. Normal, like, right? It just, well, that, yes, that, I mean, I'm, that, I'm exhausted. That's true. Yes, yes, I'm exhausted that, by it. That's true. Now, and now I, here's I, the thing. Everybody does AI. Yes, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with you. Here's the thing that I think is interesting that happened in 2019 as well, is I think the second half of 2019, I think we saw, like, you know how you, know how you have Gartner's hype cycle? Yeah, yeah. Can, can there be, a, like, is there, can we create a new one that has a rebound hype? Because. We can create whatever we want. <laughs> because ABM, like, ABM was 2017-18, right? Then, then you, chat yeah, conversations took over. Maybe even 2016. 17 for ABM. You had Engageo, you had, um, you know, a, a lot of those guys come out, raise capital. Uh, it was all but, about I, ABM. Yeah. See, see, you're, you're, you're too much on the capital side. I'm talking about like the, the main market. So like 2016 was all the, all of us. Right. Yeah. But, but 2017 yeah. was when, when it became hyped in, in, in more normal markets where, you know, then, then it kind of, then it kind of settled down just to be a, you know, a normal, annoying little roar of, of stuff. Conversational was, was super hot. AI was super hot, but man, I'm, I'm back to seeing account based. Like, like it's a brand new thing. Like if I had to pick the FOMO of, of, of 2020 right now, I think it's going to be account based. And I, and the thing that cracks me up about it, no one can tell me what it is. Everybody has a different definition. I mean, again, we like I've been since I started in sales. Account based everything is what I've always done, and that's well, focus on I, I deal customer profile and market to them in specific ways and sell to them in specific so, ways, and build your product around you know those markets that you that you serve. And, and again, like I was talking with Kyle Jepson today and we were laughing that, you know, if you are in B2B, actually, it's funny, uh, Sangram, the, the, you know, the founder of Terminus wrote a book, ABM is B2B. But, but then he's still calling it as like, we're revolutionizing B2B. And, and I'm like, no, this, this doesn't revolutionize B2B. Yeah. Um, now, there, the it somewhat gives you some tools. It, it gives you some tools to be more efficient at it and, and potentially, potentially more effective at it. The, the technology of ABM was account-based advertising. Yeah. Right. And that, that was legitimately new um, that, that, that you could, that, that I could put an ad in front of somebody who'd never seen me, who'd never been in my site and, and, and I could have control over that. Um, but, you know, again, account-based is like, like again, if you're B two B, you're account based. I'm sorry, it's just 
like that's the way the it, way it works. It, it, it breaks down. Now, the the thing that's changing a little bit, um, but again, we've got all this hype. Is the systems that we use to track are notoriously lead based, mm-hmm. and so it is very very hard using today's tech stack to get a clear read on account base. So we'll we'll save that for. Uh, um, for, for a, a focus on, on, um, account based on account based. So what, what, what do you think? What else do you think would, uh, is, is up there for, for FOMO, FOMO for the year? FOMO, 2020 FOMO nominations. Hmm. I mean, there's all these, well, I shouldn't say all these new, um, I mean, you've got people talking about, uh, doing more advertising on TikTok, and if you're not there at the beginning, you're 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 gonna you're gonna lose out. Um, so, I, I, let's see what else would be a FOMO. I don't know, man, all these tactics, just, it, 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 there's just so many of them that people are, I mean, video is another one. Like, hey, if you're not doing video, video, you're going to get your ass, you're going to get your ass I think kicked. it's video this year. Yeah. I think it's video this year. Yeah. Um, and, and, and what's interesting is I think it's video. I, so, something's going to come out of the woodwork that, that we're not, I mean, I think AI is going to continue to be hyped. Um, when do you think AI gets to the uh, um, trough of disillusionment? When, when do people give up on AI, which is, of course, the time that you should actually jump into it. Jump into it. that happens? Um, uh, I think once we start seeing a little bit more consolidation in the market, in the, in the SaaS market, because a lot of people haven't lived up to, the, to their AI hype and weren't able to produce uh, true or real value. I think so many companies right now, they're like, well, a computer runs this, so therefore it's AI. <laughs> that seems to be the definition now. So I At think it's going to be, I think it's going to be when, when we're six months into a recession. Yeah. And, 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 and the reason I say that is that I think that more and more decisions are being made more and more myopically. Um, where we're, we're using the illusion of lots of data and information to say that they're informed decisions when we really have, when, our, when we're more myopic in our decision-making and we don't know why we're doing things and, and we're in such a moment. I, see, I saw it when I was a financial advisor. There was nothing like a momentum market that, that made bulls feel like geniuses only to end up with crap at the end. Get that? See bull, bull, see how I brought yeah. that all together? Yeah. Um, and, and so I think that, you know, one of the things that I've learned about AI is that so much of AI today becomes, is we build these self-fulfilling prophecies is that, is that, you know, that uh, there was a really cool article after, um, um, the whole Apple card, um, that the Apple card discrimination yeah, right. about yeah. how AI algorithms are actually more discriminatory than humans are. Yeah. Right. Cause, it, cause at least humans think for a second, wait, maybe I'm being discriminatory. Right. And, and, and and how AI algorithms more and more, they're not trying to predict the future. They're trying to make the future, 
right? Yeah. And, and so as long as the momentum, it's like this, like I worry that it's a big giant Ponzi scheme, right? As long as the volume's picking up, we can drive that momentum. But once that volume slows down, all of a sudden the flaws come out and we go, oh, whoopsie. Um, so I, I think that, I think the FOMO of 2020 is going to be, and this is the dangerous part, is I think it's going to be account-based video, things like that, that have legitimacy. Like I'm going to say video is going to become FOMO. It's already well on its way there, if, if not yep. past. That's not to say that I don't think video is truly important and should be a part of your strategy. It's absolutely 100% very important and should be a part of your strategy, but it's not all things, you know. Right. And, and I'll tell you what, are. and I'll tell you what, 98% of the companies I come across, there's something, there's at least one thing, if not five things that they need to address that are more important than, um, than, yep. than video creating or. a bunch of videos. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think 2020 is going to be the, is going to be the very, very, very beginning of the trend to reducing your tech stack. I think, I think there's going to be a beginning to start trimming the tree a little bit. I believe that. I mean, there is a big, um, I think people have a lot of fatigue, SAS fatigue. And I think 2020, 2021 are, is going to be the year, years of revenue operations. I think friction is going to become something that, that, um, that, that, that's going to get more attention. It's going to have more, people are going to begin to take more seriously. Um, actually, I was talking to my team about it. And I said, you know, here, if, if you want to know the impact of force versus friction, right? take whatever thing you want to spin, right? And, and put some gunk on the bottom and then spin it as hard as you can. So put a little friction on it and spin it as hard as you can. Then on the other one, take, take something and make sure, you know, it's totally clean and the table surface is totally clean and just give it a nice little, you know, nothing hard, but just, you know, kind of a push. And, you know, you, you'll be able to put less than half the force and it'll spin longer than if you, click it as hard as you can with a whole lot of friction. Um, someone, was, someone was talking to me about space, the vacuum of space. There is no friction. You push something a little bit, it won't stop. It won't stop. Right. And, and, and so I think those things are going to, I think that you may be, call me an optimist. I think 2020, 2021 are going to be the, the place where we begin to get rewarded again for making smarter decisions. I think there's been so much momentum in this market that you don't get rewarded for making smart decisions. I don't, I don't think it's as bad as 98, 99. Um, but you know, it's close. Yeah. Yeah. It's too easy to, it, it's been, it's been too easy. Yeah. As I tell people, remember, these are the good old days. So, all righty what other thoughts do you have any other thoughts for our our listeners as they embark on 2020 get on that abm train get on the video train well actually you know what let me ask you i'm this. just i'm kidding what do you, no, you know it, but what do you what's your recommendation to people to 
like to avoid FOMO. And, and what I mean by that is you can't just not listen because yeah, you know, a lot of this is legitimate. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So what, I, I what, mean, what's your key? At, at the, at the end of the day, like, and I, I'll call my call spade a spade. Like when the whole conversational marketing, uh, component came out HubSpot released their product. I literally spent, I remember hours upon hours. I mean, you got me into the beta hours upon hours at night and building out this cool chat bot and, you know, it had jokes and it had this and it had that and it did this. And then I was like, Oh, it's not ready to launch yet. And I launched it and nothing happened. <laughs> then I created a much, much simpler chat bot launched it. And yeah, we get a, you get a couple of, you know, questions that come in on it. It's a good channel to have, but my, I mean, at the end of the day, it's try, th try things in small chunks and just, and iterate, see if they work. So rather than kind of going all in, start small. That, that, that would be my recommendation. So if you're, if you're doing things like account-based marketing, you know, don't, don't wait for the perfect campaign, you know, do it by hand put some manual effort into it and see if it works, then throw more fuel on the fire and just, just keep iterating. Same thing with video. And what I would advise is be clear on the game that you're playing and play your game. And don't worry what everyone else is doing and don't worry about all the headlines everyone else is having. Play your game. And, yep. if, what, and if what they're talking about makes sense for your game, then, then test it. But if it doesn't, then feel totally fine walking away. Yep. Love it. All right. There you go. Episode one, everybody. It's in the books. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, we will see you on the Black Line Podcast.